Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I want you to know that the president has been very well represented today in the rogue star chamber they call the Senate, particularly by the lawyer Michael Vanderveen, another Philadelphia lawyer, and you can hear his Philadelphia accent. He's been absolutely superb as has shown and and Castor. Absolutely superb. I think they've run circles around these guys. That's just me. But before we get into that, and we're going to get into it at some length, it looks like Cuomo is facing more criticism for his decision to put COVID-infected individuals into nursing homes and uh, senior citizen facilities. And you've heard this, and it almost rolls off your back. I want you to think about this. You're 80, 85, 90, maybe older. You're put in a nursing home at great expense to your family, and they put you there not to just be rid of you. Quite the contrary. They put you there because... The expertise, the medical and scientific expertise that exists in these nursing homes. Because you love the person who's in the nursing home. They're your flesh and blood. It's the safest place you can think of to put your mother or your father or your grandfather or your grandmother. And then by edict, a governor... A very stupid man, a pompous egomaniac, he decides with his 
science advisors to condemn thousands of them to death. He decides that people who have this COVID virus are to be allowed back, in fact, must be taken back into these nursing homes. The people who died there never had a chance. They're too frail and old to leave on their own. Their families assume that this is a safe place. And so you have families all over New York, all over the country, really, but particularly New York and New Jersey and Illinois and Michigan and California who are guilt-ridden and are upset beyond belief. On top of that, many of them were never able to go to the funerals. So their family member basically dies without any family around them. And at the funeral, there's no family. For months, Andrew Cuomo has blown this off. He's lied about it. He's talked about it as if it's somebody else's fault. He's tried to blame Trump. He's tried to blame the CDC. He's tried to blame... It's on him. His DNA is all over this. Now, we knew this was a problem early on. We knew this was a problem, Mr. Producer, on March 26th. Millions and millions of you knew because you listened to this program. Millions and millions of others know and knew. And I would ask the Washington Post and New York Times that monitors this program, why didn't you report what took place on this program on March 26, 2020? Why didn't Mediaite and Media Matters report on what took place on this program on March 26, 2020? Why didn't the Huffington Post and Slate and Salon report on what took place on this show on March 26, 2020? Well, what took place? I want to remind you, Dr. Elaine Healy called this program because I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal said, wait a minute. This doesn't smell right. She called this program on March 26, 2020, almost a year ago, and laid out the problem, and I was flabbergasted. I was floored. And none of the news organizations or reporters who monitor this show in order to lie about what we do on this program, not one of them reported what took place. It was earth-shattering, and it was breaking news with sirens everywhere. And this is exactly what took place on March 26, 2020. Cut 19, go. Elaine, New Rochelle, New York, the great WABC, go. Now that's the epi of epicenters. Go ahead. Yes, hello. Thank you very much for taking mm -hmm. my call. Um, I wanted to bring to your attention and the listeners' attention uh, what is about to happen in New York uh, with respect to nursing homes. And uh, the governor has ordered that all nursing homes must accept uh, COVID-positive patients that are actually uh, potentially still infectious into, um, into their facilities. And this will um, put our residents, our long-term care population. Wait, 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 wait. Are you, is this, are you pulling my leg seriously? No. Why would you send somebody who has this virus into a population that can kill people? Thank you. No, no, are well, you serious? I'm, I'm, I am serious. Well why, well, why would he order this? I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Memo, well, because, because the hospitals, well, first of all, in, 
you know, I, I will uh, point out that nursing homes are in the habit of accepting patients from hospitals to continue their care after their... They may be in the habit, but they must realize now that the most vulnerable people among us are senior citizens. And nursing homes, these are people that have issues. And so I'm trying to understand the point of this. What is the point of this? I'm looking at a directive from Andrew Cuomo and Howard Zucker dated March 25th that is ordering nursing homes it says nursing homes must comply with the expedited receipt of residents uh, from hospitals. They are deemed appropriate to go into the nursing homes by the hospitals, and we cannot discriminate based on the presence of COVID. And that's it. And that's how he's been managing this crisis. He has been dictating. He's been sending out memorandums and orders and executive orders, and there has been no coordination uh, on the ground level. Here I'm speaking from Westchester and New Rochelle. Just uh, we, we had the first COVID-positive right. case in New York, and uh, we were, uh, for a time, the epicenter. Now, of course, it's shifted a little south of us. But um, basically, as you know, the hospitals are overwhelmed. They want to discharge patients somewhere else so they can take in new patients. And um, that's what the governor has ordered. Now, our um, National Association of Nursing Home Medical Directors, uh, when I sent this memorandum uh, to them, uh, has issued a statement saying that this is extremely dangerous unsafe, that it will increase the risk of transmission in nursing homes. And we all learned from Washington how catastrophic that is. Um, it will uh, destabilize the facilities, uh, potentially increase the flow back into hospitals, overwhelm capacity, endanger healthcare personnel, and escalate the death rate. So, um, but you can't get through to anybody down here. Uh, you can't you can't talk to anybody. We don't we don't have support. There's nobody coordinating the response at this level, at, at certainly at the county level. And I know from my prior. Have, life, have you have you given this information to local media? That's why I'm calling you. But I'm not local and media. Yes. Have you given yes. this info? Hold on now. To information, these reporters show up at these press events uh, where Cuomo does these, uh, you know, kind of dance song and dance moves there always demanding that somebody else do something else this needs to be in the hands of a reporter who is at that conference in albany and reads it to him and asks him how he can explain this yeah that's a good idea i mean it's not my line of work but i got it to uh we got this information to the wall street journal who published uh something today so that's the first thing, uh, first time we've got it out to the media. And, you know, it's not what we generally so, do. So in other words, it's available for all these cable stars and all these uh, reporters at the uh, New York Daily News and the New York Times and the rest of them. They know it's out there. Well, if they read that article, I don't know who else picked up on the story. We, we got it. It was published today in the Wall Street Journal, one article. So um, now, now our executive um, organization, the executive director, in, this afternoon issued the statement, uh, you know, stating that our organization was against this. If if we wanted to find that, do you know where would we go to find the link? 
I can send it to you, but it's uh, it's the American Medical Directors Association. It has a uh, a longer um, name that I'll give you in a moment, and I'm sure it's on its website. You might have to be a member to get it, but we we can get it to you uh, through our executive director. Um, the, it's the Society for Post-Acute and Long-Term Care Medicine. Just, just go on my Facebook site and post it. Post the link. Okay. All right. Mark Levin yes. Show Facebook or Mark Levin Show Twitter, either one. Yeah. And then the, and then the and whole we'll, country can look at it and draw conclusions from it. And I just want to say, if I could, you know, nursing homes and the and people that work at nursing homes are are such a dedicated group of professionals. Oh yes. Yes. And, and we really want to help. But so you're have, a doctor. I'm a medical director. I'm a physician medical and medical director. I'm yeah. both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm an administrative medical director plus a you know a clinician, okay. and um, our our home is a wonderful facility. But you know it's 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 going to affect all area nursing homes any minute now. Well, and, if this is if this is right, this is exactly the wrong thing that you're that he's doing. Yeah, I mean, understand, and he's he's backed himself into a corner here, and and all of this should have been planned out. As I believe you, uh, you. I've talked about it over and over and over again that, look, you can never be fully prepared for these things, but you could be better prepared. And since these things are really the states want to control their hospitals, their beds, their ventilators, their MRIs, their CTs, their uh, medical institutions and so forth. And they do. And so the question is, he's been there some time now. Why didn't he at least prioritize uh, health services? In case there's a pandemic, he was aware of it. There's been reports put out that New York is uh, sorely unprepared. He's had opportunities to uh, to order significantly more beds and ventilators over the years, but he hasn't done it. He hasn't. Not only that, he's closed. I mean, in my neighborhood. And you're telling me you can't even get to him. Oh, we can't get to anybody. You can't get to anybody. There's supposed to be somebody at the county level. Oh, wait a minute. He keeps putting out phone numbers and websites during his press conferences. You are the medical director of a nursing home. This order goes out, and you can't reach anybody. You can't reach anybody. And, and not only that, there's supposed to be someone at the county level that's mm-hmm. coordinating. Let's say, I mean, I, it is not a good I only idea. have 30 seconds. All right. Uh, there's no coordination of the response here in Westchester. It's just a series of directives. He's behaving like a dictator. Uh, executive directors, orders. For well, he wanted part- Trump to nationalize businesses. Now, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> I'm back live. I had a cold then. I have a cold now. But anyway, that should have been earth shattering news. That should have been picked up by the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. After all, they monitor my program. Every left-wing kook phony news site with a platform should have picked it up as they monitor the program, but they didn't. And we did get the memo that went out. We read from it during that show. All of this is in the uh, archive section of my website. Even now when it's talked about, have you noticed, Rich, nobody comments on that call. And it was that call that broke it. It was that call that broke it. And for many days after that, I focused on this issue and kept hitting it and hitting it and hitting it. But, you know, we right-wingers who are trying to stoke violence against the people, that's the narrative, you see. The Washington Post didn't care. The New York Times in New York didn't care. The Daily News in New York didn't give a damn. 
None of them, because they were protecting and promoting Cuomo so he can get his Emmy and all the rest of it. I'll be right back. Lovin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Chuck Schumer on the floor of the Senate just announced that Officer Goodman, who is a hero, will be receiving the Congressional Medal, I think, of honor. And he should. But I want Chuck Schumer to understand something. We have police officers all over this country who are heroes. All over this country, unsung heroes who don't work at the Capitol building, who don't save members of Congress, but who save citizens, or who defend courthouses, or who defend the White House. This is why when the Democrats, Schumer, Biden, Pelosi, and the others, were trashing our police officers, You and I stood up for them and spoke out against efforts by Democrats and Democrats only to defund them or slash their funding, to create laws in which every police officer would be threatened should they stand up for the law in order to protect the citizenry, to enforce the law. Every one of them would have their finances and their lives threatened with lawsuits brought by slip-and-fall Democrat lawyers. Chuck Schumer needs to understand that heroic police officers are everywhere, not just at the Capitol building, but at all kinds of buildings and in all kinds of places. And yet I'm sure he still doesn't understand it. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. 
We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. The president's lawyers today were absolutely terrific. This is why you got to give this stuff a day or two before you start trashing lawyers. We have people in the media who've been sued and who've sued people and they don't like lawyers and all the rest. They're a bunch of munchkins. They're a bunch of munchkins. They're projecting their own hideous experiences onto everybody else. But you have to be temperate. You need to watch these things. You got to think about these things. These lawyers did a hell of a job today. They put the House managers on trial. They put the Democrat Party on trial. They put Kamala Harris and Schumer and the others on trial. They took their allegations and turned them against them. Because they're so absurd and hypocritical. And I feel that a lot of you who work for a living and aren't watching this, and I don't blame you. I really don't need to hear some of this. And so we're going to spend some time tonight listening to some of this. Listening to some of this. David Schoen, one of the three lawyers, Bruce Castor, Michael Vanderveen, played a montage of the Democrats saying they will fight. It literally goes on for almost 10 minutes. We'll play a few minutes of this because the Democrats focused on this word fight. And the president's lawyer said, okay, let's focus on this word fight. Look who keeps using the word fight. You do. Cut one, go. But I'm a fighter and I'm relentless. The way I see it now is that we pick ourselves up and we fight back. That's what I think it's all about. We stand up and we fight back. But we are going to make sure that this fight does not end tonight. Well, I'm wired to fight anyone who isn't doing their job for us. I'm John Tester, and you're damn right. I approve this message. And I'll have lots of fights ahead of us, and I'm ready to stand up and keep fighting. We have to fight. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. It's a bare-knuckles fight. Now they're going to have to actually fight back against people. The fight has to be conducted. It's so important that we need to fight. Fight that fight. We have been fighting. I was fighting very hard. Time is of the essence, both in terms of the fight. I think we should be fighting. Well, I I really believe we need to fight. We're simply not going to take this line down. We're going to keep fighting. So I'm telling all my colleagues, this is the fight of our life. Whose side are you on? Who are you fighting for? They're fighting for, I'm fighting. We're both fighting. We will fight back. We're not going to just take this line down. I'm just going to keep the fight up. What we have to do right now is fight as hard as we can. We have to rise up and, and fight back. And so we're going to fight and we're going to continue to fight. I am going to be fighting, fighting like hell. 
keep fighting, 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 or we kept fighting and we did. So we're going to keep fighting. We have to be fighting every every uh, single day. We have to fight back and we have no choice but to do that. I think we're doing the right thing to do that. Uh, fighting. And I'm fighting. Well, our job right now is to fight. It's really important. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm asking for the support of people across the country to fight back. And you got to be fierce uh, in uh, fighting. Keep fighting. Brown have been fighting. I've told President Biden I will fight like mad. I'll tell you what, now more than ever, we have to fight like hell. We have these battles on the floor of the Senate. I'm going to go down and battle and uh, and I'm going to be down there on the floor fighting. But we Democrats are fighting as hard as we can. Democrats are fighting as hard as we can. Credit it in any way, but we're fighting back. What we've got to do is fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the streets, fight online, fight at the ballot Let's stop. This goes on and on and on. Nothing New York Times the other day did a hit job on five of us on radio. And they took some of our words out of context. They cherry-picked and they said that we were stoking people before the riot. Of course, it's as sleazy as it gets. Because we know the New York Times is stoking and inciting every day. But it did the same thing that the house managers did. It, it lied through its teeth. Those four reporters lied through their teeth about words that were used. It just shows you how full of it they are. And so the, the president's lawyers were absolutely superb today. David Sean plays a montage of Democrats and Hollywood supporters of Democrats calling for unrest and violence. Cut to go. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. There needs to be unrest in the streets. So stop right there. Pelosi's urging uprisings across the country. Did you see that? Well, she got one that she didn't like on January 6th. Go ahead. There's unrest in our lives. You've got to be ready to throw a punch. You have to be ready to throw a punch. Donald Trump, I think you need to go back and and punch him in the face. That I thought he should have punched him in the face. I feel like punching him. I'd like to take him behind the gym if I were in high school. If we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. No, I wish you were Actually, if we were in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and do that to you. But I won't say that because I don't want anyone knocking on my door. Go ahead. I'm the gym. I will go and take Trump out tonight. Take him out now. Okay. Take him out. Take Trump out. Listen to this language. Trump never any, said anything like that against his opponents, let alone on January 6th. Go ahead. Time an actor assassinated a president. They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. an awful lot about blowing up the White House. Please, get up in the face of some Congress people. People will do what they do. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. We're going to go in there, we're going to... This is just a warning to you Trumpers. Be careful. Walk lightly. And for those of you who are soldiers, make them pay. If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence, or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive? (laughs) They say such vile, poisonous, hateful things, don't they? Trump never said anything like that. 
nor would he. Lawyer Bruce Castor for the president, now he has a montage of the Democrats calling for violence and Trump condemning it. Cut three, go. I am your president of law and order and an ally of all peaceful protesters. The vast majority of of the protesters have been peaceful. Republicans stand for law and order, and we stand for justice. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. My administration will always stand against violence, mayhem, and disorder. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. I stand with the heroes of law enforcement. And you push back on them. never defund our police. Together we will ensure that America is a nation of law and order. We're in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. But I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. I feel like punching him. We just want law and order. Everybody wants that. I want to tell you, Lord Judge, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. We want law and order. We have to have law and order. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. We believe in safe streets, secure communities, and we believe in law and order. Very, very effective. Because they realize this isn't a really legal form. And all throughout the day, Mr. Producer in America, the president's lawyers did a fabulous job of breaking down where Raskin and the other stooges, the House managers, lied about what they put on the screen. How they would cut off video without allowing context on what the president was saying. How they would ignore tweets that the president had actually issued closer to the attack on the Capitol building. And this fella. Michael Vanderveen, you can tell he's an experienced litigator. He made the point. He got up and he said, you know, in Philadelphia, if you're caught in a courtroom hiding evidence, manipulating evidence, or lying about evidence, your case is over and you're sanctioned. Brought me to my feet. And here is Michael Vanderveen in a montage of Democrats objecting to the 2017 Electoral College count when Donald Trump had been elected president. Cut for a go. I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. I object to the votes from the state of Wisconsin, which were not, should not be legally certified. No right. Mr. President, I object to the certificate from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral votes no, were no not... Debate. There's no debate. And I object to a certificate uh, from the state of North Carolina. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. Um, I object. I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. The objection cannot be entertained. Counting debate is uh, not in order. Ballot. Even with the there is no debate in order. Is it signed by a senator? There is no debate. There is no debate in the joint session. 
question. There is no debate. There is no debate. There is no debate. And the mass please come to order. Objection cannot be received. But the Russian Section 18, Title III of the United States Code prohibits debate in the joint session. I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask, is there one United States senator who will join me in this letter? There is no debate. There is no debate. The gentlewoman will suspend. This is only a taste of what took place, you see. You notice how that wasn't covered live, was it, Mr. Producer? And ironically, one of the things uh, Lee is objecting to, Jackson Lee, is the malfunctioning of 87 voting machines at predominantly African-American polling places. There's more to go through. I tell you, these lawyers did a hell of a job today. We'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Could a bullet in Donald Trump? Did anyone hear any objections to that from the Democrats when that was said by one of their buddies? Put a bullet in Donald Trump? We don't need any moral lectures from the Democrats, whether they're in Congress, in the media, in Hollywood, or anywhere else. They need moral lectures from us. We're consistent about violence and our support for law enforcement. They are hypocrites beyond imagination. They're handing out awards to a police officer who's truly a hero. Truly a hero. While just weeks before, they were trashing law enforcement all over the country. There's a lot of awards that should be handed out to police officers all over the country. But they won't be. Instead, police officers all over the country are under attack. New York, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Minneapolis, Atlanta, on and on and on. But these members of Congress don't live in most of these communities. Over a course of months, there's Thousands of people being murdered in our streets. Mostly black on black crime. Doesn't get any attention. None. 
not by the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, or any of the rest of the phony media. And when it does, it's always to push a political agenda, gun control or whatever it is. Attorney Michael Vanderveen, a Philadelphia attorney, Philadelphia lawyer, at the impeachment trial today, lambasting the whole damn thing. Cut five, go. The article of impeachment now before the Senate is an unjust and blatantly unconstitutional act of political vengeance. This appalling abuse of the Constitution only further divides our nation when we should be trying to come together around shared priorities. Like, ever, like every other politically motivated witch hunt the left has engaged in over the past four years, this impeachment is completely divorced from the facts, the evidence, and the interests of the American people. The Senate should promptly and decisively vote to reject it. No thinking person could seriously believe that the President's January 6th speech on the ellipse was in any way an incitement to violence or insurrection. The suggestion is patently absurd on its face. Nothing in the text could ever be construed as encouraging condoning or enticing unlawful activity of any kind. Far from promoting insurrection against the United States, the President's remarks explicitly encouraged those in attendance to exercise their rights peacefully and patriotically. Peaceful and patriotic protest is the very antithesis of a violent assault on the nation's capital. Quite right. Cut six, go. Not only is this impeachment case preposterously wrong on the facts, no matter how much heat and emotion is injected by the political opposition, it is also plainly unconstitutional. In effect, Congress would be claiming that the right to disqualify a private citizen, no longer a government official, from running for public office. This would transform the solemn impeachment process into a mechanism for asserting congressional control over which private citizens are and are not allowed to run for president. In short, This unprecedented effort is not about Democrats opposing political violence. It is about Democrats trying to disqualify their political opposition. It is constitutional cancel culture. History will will record this shameful effort as a deliberate attempt by the Democrat Party to smear, censor, and cancel, not just President Trump, but the 75 million Americans who voted for him. Mm -hmm. Which is going on today in many areas of our culture and society. And by the way, I haven't lost fact of what Biden's been doing today in the last few days, but it's important that you hear this information. I'm going to circle back to Biden later in the program because there's things going on here that are enormously troubling. I'll be right back. 
from the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know... I've been tough on Trey Gowdy and his hair, don't you think, Mr. Producer? That said, when he was doing that uh, 7 p.m. show on Fox for a while as a tryout, I thought he did pretty damn well, quite frankly. I thought Trey Gowdy did pretty damn well. You know, he doesn't pretend he's Henny Youngman with a uh, quasi-British accent. I'm not putting anyone down, I'm just making a point. He, uh, jovial... And that was a full week. Is really like his first week of ever doing anything like that. So I thought he was quite good. I kind of miss Martha, too. I thought she was quite good. Uh, and uh, you'll see how it plays out. Who knows? By the way, Gutfeld's getting uh, expanded TVIC. I've become a big fan of his. I really have. Shannon Breen is as sweet as can be. And I'm sure she'll continue to be the head person on the legal stuff, a real legal analyst. And she is an excellent legal analyst. Has a lot of experience reporting on the Supreme Court and so forth, but a lot of common sense. She's not trying to push a narrative or anything. She shoots right down the middle. So that'll be good. All right, let's continue, shall we? Yes, we can. Attorney, Philadelphia lawyer, Michael Vanderveen, at the impeachment trial today, cut seven, go. Tragically, as we know now, the January, on January 6th, a small group who came to engage in violent and menacing behavior hijacked the event for their own purposes. According to publicly available reporting, it is apparent that extremists of various different stripes and political persuasions pre-planned and premeditated an attack on the Capitol. One of the first people arrested was the leader of Antifa. Sadly, he was also among the first to be released. From the beginning, the president has been clear The criminals who infiltrated the Capitol must be punished to the fullest extent of the law. They should be imprisoned for as long as the law allows. The fact that the attacks were apparently premeditated, as alleged by the House managers, demonstrates the ludicrousness of the incitement allegation against the president. You can't incite what was already going to happen. Law enforcement officers at the scene conducted themselves heroically and courageously, and our country owes them an eternal debt. But there must be a discussion of the decision by political leadership regarding force, posture, and security in advance of the event. Actually, that sounds like Attorney Castor to me. So there are three of them, Vanderveen, Castor, and Schoen. Now here's David Schoen, the lead counsel. 
He's at the impeachment trial today as well. Cut eight, go. The hatred that the House managers and others on the left have for President Trump has driven them to skip the basic elements of due process and fairness and to rush an impeachment through the House claiming, quote, urgency, close quotes. But the House waited to deliver the articles to the Senate for almost two weeks, only after Democrats had secured control over the Senate. In fact, contrary to their claim that the only reason they held it was because Senator McConnell wouldn't accept the article, Representative Clyburn made clear that they had considered holding the articles for over 100 days to provide President Biden with a clear pathway to implement his agenda. Our Constitution and any basic sense of fairness require that every legal process with significant consequences for a person's life, including impeachment, requires due process under the law, which includes fact-finding and the establishment of a legitimate evidentiary record with an appropriate foundation. Even last year's impeachment followed committee hearings and months of examination and investigation by the House. Here, President Trump and his counsel were given no opportunity to review evidence or question its propriety. The rush to judgment for a snap impeachment in this case was just one example of the denial of due process. And he's going to now touch on how the House managers actually withheld information from the Trump team. They had access to security cameras and other information and did not provide that information. You know, as is typical in any case, in any courtroom, and this, while not a courtroom for those purposes, is a at least a quasi-courtroom. It's got to have certain basic understandings, right? If there's exculpatory information, you're supposed to provide it. You must not tamper with the information, videos and graphics. That's exactly what they did. In a courtroom, they would be sanctioned, if not disbarred ultimately, and the case would be thrown out as tainted. But then you get the answer, well, it's politics. No, it's got to be better than, well, it's politics. They pretend they're having a trial. They're sworn in. They pretend they're going to be objective. More from David Schoen. Cut nine, go. On Wednesday this week, countless news outlets repeated the Democrat talking point about the power of never-before-seen footage. Let me ask you this. Why was this footage never seen before? Shouldn't the subject of an impeachment trial, this impeachment trial, President Trump, have the right to see the so-called new evidence against him? More importantly, the riot and the attack on this very building was a major event that shocked and impacted all Americans. Shouldn't the American people have seen this footage as soon as it was available? For what possible reason did the House managers withhold it from the American people and President Trump's lawyers? For political gain? How did they get it? How were they the ones releasing it? It is evidence in hundreds of pending criminal cases against the rioters. Why was it not released through law enforcement or the Department of Justice? Is it the result of a rushed snap impeachment for political gain without due process? Cut 11, uh, excuse me, cut 10, go. The House managers facing a significant lack of evidence turned often to press reports and rumors during these proceedings. 
claims that would never meet the evidentiary standards of any court. In fact, they even relied on the words of Andrew Feinberg, a reporter who recently worked for Sputnik, the Russian propaganda outlet. You saw it posted. By the way, the report they cited was completely refuted. The frequency with which House managers relied on unproven media reports shocked me as I sat in this chamber and listened to this. And there's a lot that we don't know yet about what happened that day. According to those around him at the time, reportedly responded. Trump reportedly reports across all major media outlets, major news networks, including Fox News, reported, reported, reportedly summoned, reportedly, reportedly not accidental. According to reports, <clears throat> President Trump was reportedly, who reportedly spoke to the guard and was widely reported. Media reports? According to reports, reported. Reportedly. As any trial lawyer will tell you, reportedly is a euphemism for, I have no real evidence. Reportedly is not the standard in any American setting in which any semblance of due process is afforded and accused. Reportedly isn't even, here is some circumstantial evidence. It is exactly as reliable as, I googled this for you. And if you're worried that you might ever be tried based on this type of evidence, don't be. You get more due process than this when you fight a parking ticket. I mean, I'm telling you, these guys were fabulous. They eviscerated the so-called house managers, regardless of what the media and others have to say about it. Cut 11, go. Rather, it is about the big lie the claim that the election was stolen. The House managers told you that it's the big lie that incited the riot, and that the big lie was President Trump's claim that the election was not a fair election, or that the election was stolen. Claiming an election was stolen, you were told, are words that are insightful to a candidate's followers and cause people to respond violently. Claiming an election was stolen, or not legitimate, is something that a candidate should never do because he or she knows, or should know, that such a claim and such words can actually incite violent insurrection, you were told. Well, it seems that the House manager's position must be actually a bit narrower than that. The House manager's position really is that when Republican candidates for office claim an election is stolen or that the winner is illegitimate, it constitutes inciting an insurrection, and the candidate should know it. But Democratic Party candidates for public elective office are perfectly entitled to claim the election was stolen or that the winner is illegitimate or to make any other outrageous claim they can. It is their absolute right to do so. And it is their absolute right to do so, irrespective of whether there's any evidence to support the claim. Democratic candidates can claim that an election was stolen because of Russian collusion or without any explanation at all. And that is perfectly okay and is in no way incitement to an insurrection. And somehow, Democratic candidates publicly decry an election as stolen or illegitimate. It's never a big lie. You've been doing it for years. But can you imagine telling your supporters that the only way you could possibly lose is if an American election was rigged and stolen from you? And ask yourself, whether you've ever seen anyone at any level of government 
make the same claim about their own election. That last comment was a House manager that uh, Sean was responding to. And finally, this segment, the impeachment trial today, plays a montage of Democrats saying elections were stolen. And we had to cut it down, way down, because it goes on for a while. But here we go. Cut 12. Go. If Stacey Abrams doesn't win in Georgia, they stole it. It's clear. It's clear. And I would say, I say that publicly. It's clear. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. He knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. Votes remain to be counted. There are voices that were waiting to be heard. And I will not concede. Respect, and I respect where you're coming from, and I respect the, the issues that you're raising. You're not answering the question. Do you think it I was... Am, I, no, do, I, I, what I not do you, You're not using the word legitimate. There are still legitimate concerns over the integrity of our elections and of ensuring the principle of one person, one vote. I agree with tens of millions of Americans who are very worried that when they cast the ballot on an electronic voting machine, that there is no paper trail to record that vote. But constantly shifting vote tallies in Ohio and malfunctioning electronic machines, which may not have paper receipts, have led to additional loss of confidence by the public. This is their only opportunity to have this debate while the country is listening, and it is appropriate to do so. Mm-hmm. What a bunch of frauds. I'll be right back. in. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. By the way, I didn't mean to leave out Brian Kilmeade, who is terrific, too, and others. I was talking about uh, those who are, I guess, trying out for the 7 p.m. slot. Mark, what about you? I couldn't, even if they wanted me to. Blaze TV, the Levin TV show. That's my obligation, as well as my Sunday show. That's it. Then I do this show which is bigger than all those other shows put together. People don't realize that. The big talk radio programs are bigger than any program on any cable channel, news, news cable channel. It's not even close. It's just a fact. It's not a brag. It, says, it just is what it is. All right. Bruce Castor 
attorney for the president at the impeachment trial today. Cut 13, go. A House manager got up here and told you that the president of the United States on January the 6th, 2021, told the crowd that they had to go and fight. And the implication that they wanted you to draw was that he was sending them down to Capitol Hill to go and breach the building and trash the very sacred halls of Congress. But we now know that is not at all anything near what the president said. What the president said was, if you can't get your members of Congress to do as you would like them to do, you primary them. That's the American way. The first way that the House managers presented and wanted you to conclude, that's the criminal way. But what the president said was the American way. Again, House managers manipulated President Trump's words. Just like the media manipulate his words, my words, Russia's words, and so forth and so on. It's what they do. We invited Terry Moran on this program. Mr. Producer, what is his title again? Senior uh, national reporter for ABC News? He's, that was close. Senior National Correspondent for ABC News. He made some outrageous comments the other day. I invited him to come on the program. They didn't even answer. They didn't even answer. He didn't even answer because he's a coward. He's a punk. Now, Moran on ABC News yesterday, and this is related, had tip Breitbart, cut 14, go. I thought Representative Raskin, they all touched on this this uh, issue. He put it most forcefully, I, I think, when he said, if we don't draw the line here, what's next? What makes you think this nightmare with Donald Trump and his violent mobs is over? And not just Donald Trump, Trump and his violent mobs? Donald Trump and his violent mobs? That wasn't his violent mob, you twit. They have no support for any of these things they say. And they just said this is the senior national correspondent for ABC News. Donald Trump and his violent mobs. It's not violent mob. It's plural. And they tie him to this group. There's no tie to this group. We had a piece and we went at, uh, we discussed it at a great length from Time. They don't have a magazine anymore. They have a website. But it went on for 6,500 words, and we went through it rather thoroughly with our friends from the National Pulse, among others, in which they brag, the Democrats, on behalf of the Biden campaign and the surrogates, that Black Lives Matter was serving their purposes, in which they brag about how they could turn on and off violence. There's real evidence. There's a real story to pursue. What Donald Trump mobs are they talking about? Every Donald Trump event, every single one was peaceful. The attack on the Capitol building was not a Donald Trump event. It was militants and others who gathered there, pre-planned it, and attacked even before he finished speaking.
conservative and proud of it. Call The Mark Levin Show at 877-381-3811. This Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we have a very, very important show. Every now and then what I'm going to do is bring some of these uh, guys on and gals on who are younger. So we have a farm team of scholars and intellectuals and conservative activists. And so I don't want to think, I don't want anyone to think I'm excluding them. I'm just going to begin this now. And the first two up this Sunday, Dave Rubin, who you've seen, but you haven't seen him for a half hour where he actually gets to speak. He's quite a remarkable young fellow. And our buddy, Charlie Kirk. And you've seen him on my show before, but again, these little snippets, they're not good enough. And so Charlie, the second half hour. So Rubin and Kirk with Levin this Sunday. Don't miss it. As a matter of fact, if you have children or grandchildren in high school or colleges or universities or, or even older than that, see if you can get them to tune in with you. We don't have access to uh, social media anymore. We're not on Twitter. We're not on Facebook. I'm told Parler will be up on Monday, but I don't know that, so we'll see. We're waiting and waiting. And so I promote it here on my radio show. If I don't promote it, nobody's going to promote it. So I want you to take a look at it, 8 p.m. Sunday, Eastern Time. It's the highest-rated show on Sunday on Fox, CNN, and MSNBC. So obviously many of you are tuning in. I just wanted to remind you to take a look at it. Let's take a couple calls here. Mercer, Pennsylvania, XM Satellite, a trucker friend. How are you, Keith? I don't actually know Keith, but Keith, how are you, sir? Okay. Brother Mark, I just want to let you know, not only is it a pleasure, but it is an extreme honor to be able to talk to you. Thank you. Now, are you driving Uh, right now or have you pulled over? Well, I'm fueling up my truck. Just got done. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. Go, go, go. Uh, so what's going on? I don't, just want to bring something up. I'm I'm gone 10 months out of the year. I live in Kentucky, hmm. but I work up here in Pennsylvania. Uh, last March, I went home, which I had to watch. Cuomo, that idiot, evil idiot at that, mm-hmm. uh, do his daily briefing. All right, we're going to run he out of time. Go ahead. Uh-oh, he made a comment about telling his daughters not to go anywhere near his mother because she's elderly and it could hit her. Mm-hmm. He knew that. So Your point is he knew the science. He knew he knew he was putting those people in dire situation. You're one hundred percent correct. We all knew it. One of the things we absolutely knew by March twenty fifth, when he put out this memo on March twenty sixth, when we got our call from our friend, the doctor, Elaine Healy, was that this virus was particularly deadly for people. Number one, who had comorbidities, and number two, senior citizens. And so what Cuomo did, and he's not the only one, but he's, he's the number one. What he did was really quite unbelievable. 
He was still praised by the New York Times. Never forget how the media always fail us. As I say, we had Dr. Healy on my program early on, but you didn't see anything from that in the Washington Post or the New York Times or to the uh, left-wing parasitic sites. You didn't see a damn thing. Instead, they're sitting here waiting. Did he say crush the other side, crush the other side? Oh, look at that. He was stoking violence. Instead, we get that. Instead, we get that. All right, thank you for your, your call. Let's go to Salem, Oregon, the great KUFO, KUFO. Let's go to Art. Art, how are you today? Oh, Mark, I'm fantastic. Boy, what a day we had. It was a great day for the Constitution and for our republic. It mm-hmm. exposed the Democrats for what they are. They hate our country. They hate our republic. All they care about is money and power. And the lawyers for Trump did a fantastic job. And now it's going to be our job to get rid of the rhinos, the people who really don't care about our Constitution. All they care about ourselves. And we are going to have a Republican Party that we can really be proud of, Mark. I just, you know. By the way, Art, uh, did you notice which Republican in the House they were quoting? Liz Cheney. Yes. Yes. I just hope the people of Wyoming don't have a short memory. I really do. Because what she did was really appalling. Yeah, there's Romney, too. I mean. I know, but uh, they were quoting. Liz Cheney. Of course there's Romney, too, and there's Sass, and there's Kyle. There's a whole list of them. What I'm saying is they quoted Lynn Cheney, and the people of Wyoming need to keep this in mind next year, next time. She'll be up soon. Liz Cheney, what did I say? Yeah, Liz Cheney. We're, we're going to replace these people. Trump's going to come back stronger than ever before. All right, we'll <laughs> see. Thanks for your call. I don't know any of that. I hope it's true, but I don't know any of that. What I am not is a Pollyanna. We have a big fight ahead of us, ladies and gentlemen, and we cannot disarm ourselves. I'm not talking about arms, like physical arms. Cannot disarm ourselves psychologically. Yeah, everything's going to work. No, it doesn't just work out. I've been an activist my entire life. And I've watched people sit on the sidelines and lecture me over and over and over again. Oh, give it time. Things will work out. Yes, wherever I go, some people, some people will say to me, what do we do, Mark? What do we do? And what do I tell them? You've listened to this program for what do I tell them? It's not what will we do. It's what will you do? But what are you going to do? Other than ask me, what are we going to do? And we've talked about what can be done over and over and over again. But I'm not going to just join in the Pollyanna you know, positive talk that, well, you know, no, our society, our culture, our nation is on the line. Things don't just happen for the better. They're changing our electoral system. They're changing our constitutional system. Joe Biden is signing executive orders left and right. In fact, let me hit that now. What Joe Biden is doing on immigration, ladies and gentlemen, is shocking. It's the most radical policies and steps ever taken in the United States, certainly in modern times. Do you know what he's doing? You want to know what he's doing? He's turning the entire country, I think I heard Holman say this, but if not, 
the entire country he's turning into a sanctuary country. A sanctuary country. That's what he's doing. Now, rather than waiting in Mexico, waiting in line in Mexico until you can be processed to come in, you can come into the United States. And what happened before? Before Donald Trump, people disappeared. They didn't bother being processed. They didn't get in front of administrative law judges. Over 95% of them never showed up. This is purposeful. We talked about this the other day. Joe Biden is using the office of the presidency to make laws that benefit the Democrat Party, that empower the Democrat Party. That is exactly what he's doing. I had somebody say to me today, you really think it's him? Why do I care? He's doing it. He's signing it. Do I really think it's him? No, I think it's, uh, you know, a puppet. Of course it's him. What, does he know what he's doing? Who cares? He's doing it. He's doing it, and he's doing it with a vengeance. While they're involved in this phony impeachment trial. That's what's going on. Now we have a party that doesn't even believe in the Constitution. A party that's eviscerating the Constitution as we sit here and listen to them lecture us about the Constitution. This is what they do. Show me one blue state that's well run. Show me one blue state that isn't losing population in terms of the citizens that live in that state. Just show me one. Which one is it? It's not Massachusetts. It's not New York. It's not Illinois. It's not California. It's not Michigan. It's not Pennsylvania. In large numbers and small, people are getting the hell out of those states. It's not Rhode Island. And then they go to red states and ruin the red states, like locusts. They go in there and they, they vote Democrat, Democrat. But this is a big deal. I've got more. We'll be right back. in. This is in Blaze, Blaze Media, former ICE director. Biden declared the entire country, that's where I saw it, sanctuary jurisdiction, which means more tragedies are going to come. Tom Holman, a great patriot, says a national sex offender operation has been canceled because of Biden's administration. The former Immigration and Customs Enforcement acting director, Tom Holman, issued dire warnings about how the Biden administration is handling immigration at the southern border. Holman said President Joe Biden's immigration policies have caused a surge at the border, and it was designed to be this way to help Democrats, and he's right about that. Holman appeared on Fox and Friends this week where he said it's no longer illegal to be here illegally. It's no longer illegal to be here illegally. Be clear what's happening here, he said. President Biden has declared the entire country a sanctuary jurisdiction, which means more tragedies are going to come. Mark my word, people will die, people will be raped, people will be victimized by criminals that shouldn't even be here. This is, it's coming, and you know, we've been talking about this for two years, and it's already started. And Holman referenced an internal memo obtained by the Washington Post that stated ICE is preparing to issue new guidelines 
that could sharply decrease arrests and deportations of illegal immigrants. ICE agents will reportedly no longer seek to deport immigrants for crimes such as driving under the influence and assault, but will instead focus on national security threats. You see, attacks on you, brutalizing you, that's not a national security threat, so Biden's not all that worked up about it. This is why the media are destroying this country. In this last election, rather than smoke Biden out, it was this endless viciousness against Trump, covering up for the Biden family and their tawdry business deals, and covering up for Joe Biden, his policies. Generally, these convictions would not include drug-based crimes, simple assault, DUI, money laundering, property crimes, fraud, tax crimes, solicitation, or charges without convictions. Acting Director Tay Johnson told senior officials in the email that was sent out last week. So in other words, if somebody's committed these things, it's not a basis for deportation. They've abolished ICE without abolishing ICE, an unnamed official told the Washington Post. Let me repeat that. How many times did they say they wanted to get rid of ICE? Oh, you can't do that. Well, we don't really mean it. They've abolished ICE without abolishing ICE. We are now a national sanctuary country, as Holman puts it, and he's right. You have to commit a serious felony to be convicted of, even, be, even prioritized for arrest and removal, and that sends a message to the rest of the world, Holman said. If you can get by the Border Patrol, as long as you are not convicted of a serious felony, you know, like murder. Once you're here, you can stay here because ICE isn't looking for you anymore. 95% of the criminals ICE have arrested are now off the table, Holman said on Wednesday. They're free in the community. Free. When I read this policy, this is the most anti-law enforcement, pro-criminal policy that I could ever imagine in my worst nightmare, Holman said of the leaked memo. I cannot believe they put this in writing. Holman claimed that an upcoming national sex offender operation was canceled after the memo was sent out. He would know. I'm sure people are talking to him from inside the agency. On Wednesday, February 3rd, another email went out to the field shutting down the national operation TALON, T-A-L-O-N, that sought to arrest at large illegal aliens with sex crime convictions to include child molestation, Holman told Fox News. They canceled the operation on the heels of this memorandum. And what's the Senate doing today? Oh, they're very, very busy, ladies and gentlemen. They're very, very busy on Donald Trump. Thousands of investigative hours go into planning for these operations, from identifying targets to locating them, to ensuring appropriate coordination with other law enforcement entities. So it's already started. We have sexual predators who are here illegally walking the streets in our communities because of the actions of the Biden administration. The Biden administration. Holman claimed that the border is surging, adding that it's designed to be this way to help Democrats gain more power. They, Biden administration officials, failed to mention the surge at the borders is of their own making because of their promises and their enticements. That's why there's a surge at the border. They're bringing millions of people into the country who will now be counted on the census, which leads to seats in the House, Electoral College, and elections. 
This is power over public policy, the quest for power over protecting American citizens. What have I said? What have I said? This is all about empowering the Democrat Party. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, Mark. (laughs) I'm Mark. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. We spent a lot of time. Was it yesterday or the day before on the Lincoln Project? And you'll see we take the lead on a lot of these issues to encourage the backbenchers on radio and TV to pick up these stories and to get going. Stop navel-gazing. And I'm happy to see that this is now being addressed more thoroughly because this Lincoln Project was a, uh, a hemorrhoid on the body politic. And now we have this report. This is from Forbes, but it's all over the place in the last few minutes. Lincoln Project co-founder, Republican strategist Steve Schmidt. I thought he resigned as a Republican. Remember this guy? And his endless Jew-hating comments to me. Remember this guy, Mr. Producer? This guy, always a low life. All these McCain guys and Romney guys and Kasich guys, that's who these are. Perverse, not... Everybody liked this guy, Weaver, but just perverse. You know, undermining your wife while she's at the White House. And this guy, uh, oh, the other one. It's got about three teeth. Very strange looking dude. Doesn't matter. Steve Schmidt has resigned from the board of the anti-Trump super PAC, he announced Friday, as the group reels from allegations of sexual harassment against fellow co-founder John Weaver. In a resignation letter posted to Twitter, Schmidt said he did not know about the dozens of men who have reported unwanted sexual contacts from Weaver, at least one of whom was under 18 at the time. Why don't you just say 14? Until last month, though he acknowledged Weaver, whom he called a liar and a predator, left vague clues of suspicious behavior. Now, you'll recall, ladies and gentlemen, when I covered this a day or two or three ago, I said the FBI needs to get in on this. And these people who ran this enterprise need to be questioned under oath. It'd be even better if we had a grand jury at some point. And not just about this, what did they know and when did they know it. But they became filthy rich from this organization. $90 million raised. You got this guy Schmidt bought a brand new house for $1.4 million. They were using Donald Trump to take their failed consultancies to make a fortune. Now they're all running like uh, to, to, to the different ends of the earth. Now they're all jumping the ship like rats. 
Where's this guy, George Conway? Maybe he can explain. He says, I didn't take anything. I didn't do anything. Oh, okay, great. You were just taking up space. And I might add considerable space. Schmidt said he doesn't run the Lincoln Project day-to-day operations. Oh, okay. But he described himself as the group's senior leader and said he should be held accountable, which is why he chose to step down from the group's board. He should be held accountable. Okay, FBI, go get him. Go talk to him. The Lincoln Project did not immediately respond to requests for comment. My heart breaks that young men felt unseen and unheard in an organization that I started. I'm deeply ashamed of it, Schmidt wrote in his resignation letter. You should be, you putz. You slimeball. Schmidt, Weaver, and several other Republican Trump critics founded the Lincoln Project as a means of hampering the former president's re-election campaign. And for some of them, I might add, enriching themselves. And for Weaver, chasing kids. Well, one kid. Time will tell. But last month, the group was rocked by a New York Times report alleging Weaver had sent unsolicited sexually charged messages to at least 21 young men. Weaver left the group in mid-January after allegations first began to emerge. The group claimed it was unaware of Weaver's conduct, but the Associated Press, that's the piece we, uh, we addressed the other day, reported that leaders were warned about the allegations last year. Oh, they were, huh? Since then, other scandals have compounded this turmoil. News, that the 19th published a report Friday, news site did, alleging rampant sexism, homophobia, and, toxic- and toxicity within the uh, Lincoln Project, plus co-founder Jennifer Horn resigned after the Weaver allegations were made public, and the Lincoln Project responded by questioning Horn's motives, purportedly without her permission, tweeting out private messages between Horn and a journalist from the 19th. I guess that's a group. The 19th. Well, well, that's clever. What is that, the 19th hole on the golf course, Mr. Producer? I don't know. Maybe the date is a date that lives in infamy. So the Lincoln Group was run by, at a minimum, reprobates, some of whom became enormously wealthy, some of whom were using the organization, at least in part, uh, I guess to harass men and boys. I don't know. And uh, it was promoted by the left-wing media. They thought it was absolutely great. And now the left-wing media, the Associated Depressed, and the New York Slimes are kind of outing them. And I think they're doing that for two reasons. Number one, they don't need them anymore. This is what the media do. These stupid Republicans like Kingsinger and Liz Cheney and Sass, these morons don't even understand what they're dealing with. Their own demise is what they're dealing with when they deal with this media. And the media hate their guts. They're useful idiots. And what's the other thing the media are doing? Covering their own butts. That's what. Because at some point, this stuff was going to get out by some media organization. So they take the lead and say, see us? See, see we're nonpartisan. Look at us. We're not, we're not doing an expose on the, on the Lincoln Project. Aren't we, uh, aren't we fair? No, you're still the same sleazeballs you always were. Still the same sleazeballs. Let's see here. Uh, 
Oh, that Pasaki was asked at the White House briefing today whether Joe Biden has confidence in uh, in Andy Cuomo. Andy, Andy Cuomo. Cut eighteen. Go. I mean, he had Governor Cuomo with him. Governor Cuomo was in hot water at home for uh, withholding information, statistics about nursing home fatalities um, in the early days of the COVID pandemic. Um, you know, the president yesterday talked about the importance of having a clear, uh, open, you know, transparent uh, communication with the public. Does the president have confidence in Governor Cuomo's handling of the pandemic, and did they discuss this today? Well, the president hosted Governor Cuomo and a bipartisan group of governors and mayors to the White House today to get their perspective from the front lines, um, not to give anyone a stamp of approval or to seek their stamp of approval and um, to discuss the urgency of passing the American... That wasn't the question, genius. Does the president have confidence in him or not? Yeah, well, does he or not? What I always feel like she... uh... Anyway, go ahead. And he's committed to partnering with governors and mayors. The governor, Governor Cuomo, is, of course, the governor of one of the largest states in the Listen country. Listen to this mindless yammering. Of course, he's the governor of one of the largest states. I know. And Doofus came out of one of the smallest states, Delaware. What does that have to do with anything? I don't know. Indiana. Is that a big state or a small state? Are we going to have that discussion? Is that what's going on at the White House? I don't believe that was the question. Go ahead. Uh, one of the places where uh, the pandemic hit hardest, the earliest. Where Mr. Producer, st- do we have the mumblers anywhere near you? Okay, let's ask Pisaki another question. Go with the mumblers. What are they? Can you get a funny the ghost track? They have an idea. It calls when, if you, they just gave, you gave them. With the, the withdrawal, bringing U.S. home troops from home. And, and, and the, the, the. You, 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 you need somebody. Wait, so, uh, what, finally, what? Uh, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm But resist, we much, we must, and we will much about that be committed. I, 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 I'm, I'm a warrior. Um, you know, the, the, that, it was, the, 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 I mean, they, 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 they said that. Look, the, 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 yeah, the, well, I was a, was it him? Well, I, 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 I didn't, if, 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 if we, if we, you know, it, it, uh, you know, it, 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 it. We can walk and chew gum. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go. You know the you know the thing. True international under pressure. Been impeached for inciting the erection. Donald John Donald John Trump incited the erection insurrection. Mm. Have that. All right. Before we break loose here, the hostility towards Israel in this administration is beginning to show. So far, Joe Biden has not called the Prime Minister of Israel. And given the amount of time that's gone by, he's the first modern president not to do it. The reason's simple, ladies and gentlemen. He knows Netanyahu's up for an election. He knows Netanyahu and Obama were close. Obama, God forbid. And Trump were close. And he treats Israel not like a sovereign country, but he gives it the back of his hand. He always has. The 412 years he was in the Senate... 
In the eight years he was as vice president, he was extraordinarily hostile to Israel. I don't care what the Democrats say. I don't care what the secular Jews have to say. That's what he is. That's what he was. That's what he'll always be. Mark, how can you say that? I say it as a Jew because I watch this stuff. So uh, Jen Psaki at the White House briefing today is asked about the Middle East and Israel and so forth. Cut 23, go. But can you please just give a, a, a broad sense of what the administration is trying to achieve in the Middle East? For example, does the administration still consider the, the Saudis and the Israelis important allies? Do they uh, consider well, uh, the Saudis and the Israelis important allies? Yes or no? Go ahead. Uh, you know, again, I think we uh, there are ongoing processes and internal interagency processes, one that we, I think, confirmed in an interagency meeting just last week to discuss a range of issues uh, in the Middle East. Um, we're, we've only been here three and a half weeks. No, uh, actually, I- Biden's been around forever. Like a bad hip. And you've been around forever at the State Department. And now, the, hey, hey, we've only been around three weeks. We don't know what our position is towards Israel. No, 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 no. We don't know if they're an ally or not. Uh, pay attention, folks. This is big stuff. Go ahead. I think I'm going to let those policy processes see themselves through before we give kind of a complete laydown of what our national security approaches will be to a range of issues. He's one of the worst press secretaries in modern times. One of the worst. Worst. You get nothing out of this press secretary. What processes are we talking about? Oh, and by the way, the idiot Secretary of State, I warned you about him too. Pro-China, anti-Israel, undermining American foreign policy, that idiot. The United States recognition of the Golan Heights as sovereign to Israel, they're reconsidering that. They're reconsidering that. This administration is a disaster. A disaster. What's going on in the Senate today with the help of Liz Cheney, she voted for impeachment, and Adam Kingsinger and the other morons in the Republican Party, and the morons of the Republican Party in the Senate. What's going on today is a massive distraction. It's not only unconstitutional, it's not only outrageous. You hold people accountable for their crimes. You don't hold the president accountable for somebody else's crimes. Well, he incited them. No, they didn't, you moron. No, he didn't. Meanwhile, we're losing our country. Every damn day, we're losing our country. Right, Washington Post? Right, New York Times? Morons? I'll be right back. Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. 
As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at AMAC.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stephen Miller, as you know, is a senior staff person for the President of the United States. Did a fantastic job over there, as did his wife for the Vice President of the United States. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Well, tell us how this administration is literally destroying our immigration system. Well, it's a very timely topic because we've heard for a few days now the Democrat Party piously and sanctimoniously present themselves as the champions of law enforcement and law and order at the same time as President Biden is literally disemboweling a law enforcement agency and benching them and preventing them from doing their jobs. The memo that was issued, and that most of it is now still in force and effect, the deportation pause was was set aside by a Texas judge, but the new deportation rules are still in effect, means that virtually every illegal alien in the country is immunized from immigration law enforcement. The most immediate danger being that that encompasses most criminal aliens, including virtually the entire illegal alien gang population. You know, we deported 20,000 gang members under the Trump administration. Under these rules, that number would have been maybe 3 4% of that entire population, and the rest still would be here today committing crimes against U.S. citizens. That's on top of what's being done at the border, which is a return to the policies of catch and release. So we see untested, unvaccinated, obviously unmasked illegal immigrants being released into Texas communities, including 100% of illegal immigrants under the age of 18, which then fuels that vicious cycle of child smuggling. And then if that wasn't bad enough, now they're announcing that the 25,000 illegal immigrants that were in Mexico under an orderly process to say that if you want to apply for an immigration benefit in this country and you enter illegally, you have to wait in your last transit country, they're all now going to be admitted too. And that, in turn, is going to bring the whole world, because now the whole world is watching this. So every developing country in the world, where people are earning $1, $2 a day on average, are going to be coming to the United States in between ports of entry, illegally crossing the border, to take advantage of these new policies. And the big losers in all this, of course, are going to be working Americans. And public schools, and local law enforcement, and local hospitals that will be inundated with people like this, people waiting in lines to get vaccines, Uh, They'll be affected by this. As you point out, it's going to drive down wages while they're pretending to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. And so I've I've talked about what I believe it is. So what is the purpose of all this? Well, it's a great question. And, you know, I want to also hit on the point about minimum wage because it shows just how false and phony their claims of caring about working Americans are, what is the point of having a minimum wage when you can hire illegal immigrants with impunity at 4 or 5 or 6 or $7 an hour? Mm-hmm. You know, with the new memo that they just put into place, worksite enforcement is banned in this country. You cannot remove somebody for working illegally or forging fake work documents or forging a false identification or stealing someone's Social Security number. That's all allowed now. So American workers are legally powerless as a result of this memo. But the, the end game, as you know, is that Democrats believe that mass illegal immigration 
ultimately is good for them politically. And you see that, of course, with the – and not politically because it's popular, but politically because they believe over time is going to lead to more Democrat voters. That's obviously the calculation. They and by made. the way, they're right about that. Yes, and it's obviously why they're fighting so hard in the census case that I'm sure you're familiar with. Well, are we able to hold you over for the next segment? Absolutely, absolutely. I just want the American people to know, all these union folks, but all the American people to know, whether they're in the suburbs or in the cities, that this is basically a war on them. It's not a matter of being anti-immigrant. It's a matter of being pro-immigration management policy. This is an absolute, absolute disaster. It's anarchy. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. They call him Mr. Right, Mr. Conservative, and Mr. Constitution. But you can call him Mark at 877-381-3811. Stephen Miller, um, I would argue that the reason Biden is doing this, uh, this is what the radical front groups for the hardcore left have wanted, critical race theory, and now that brings in uh, Latino Americans, whether they know it or not, and others. And what they want to do is obviously change the nature of the citizenry, change the vote uh, in so many ways, changing the election laws and other things, too. But this is just one of several ways they intend to do it. What do you think? Well, I think it's clear that the young progressive staff at the Biden administration is calling the shots. You know, when I hear him giving a speech on critical race theory and institutional inequities and racism, it's very clear to me he doesn't have the foggiest clue what he is talking about or what any of the words he's saying even mean. I'm sure if you sat him down and you asked him to define critical race theory, he couldn't get the first sentence out. That's, mm-hmm. not, a, that's not because he should know what it is. It's just because his staff is doing all of the executive orders for him and he's just signing them. And that's obviously the case in immigration. It's the corrupt bargain that we warned about, that if Biden got elected, you wouldn't be electing this amiable-seeming senator that you've seen on the nightly news, you'd be electing somebody who would be handing the keys of government over to the most radical elements of society. And what's happening on the immigration front is a full attack on the core notion of national sovereignty. What, what we refer to as catch and release is, in effect, a declaration of no borders whatsoever. That's the policy of saying, if you show up illegally, and you simply make any kind of claim for relief whatsoever. You basically say anything about you not wanting to be deported 
and that you have some reason why you think you have a right to stay here, you'll be released into the country, which, of course, once that policy is made clear, everybody makes some kind of claim. And although the media, and you'll see this all over the news and don't be fooled by it, the media keeps talking about asylum seekers, asylum seekers, asylum seekers. The vast, overwhelming majority of illegal immigrants are here because they come from poor countries or because they come from countries that lack the rule of law or because they come from countries that just don't have the same living conditions as we do. And if you adopt the standard that says anybody who wants to can come here who comes from a significantly poor country, then you have to let in two billion people. And as you mentioned earlier, this mass illegal immigration, it destabilizes schools, it destabilizes the economy, it erodes the tax base, it undermines public health, public safety. It affects every single issue that you as a U.S. citizen care about. The most important thing that can possibly be done right now, Mark, in my view, is that state attorneys general need to follow the suit of Paxton in Texas, and they need to take Biden to court. No president has the right to suspend entire swaths of the U.S. code that have been duly enacted and -hmm. declare them null and void. No president has that power. Well, I think he's really uh, excited about this. I mean, I think he's over 50 now, executive orders and executive actions. Uh, Nobody's really pushed back within his own party. They certainly don't want to push back. We had a lame piece in the New York Times just to cover their tuchus, and that's about it. But other than that, uh, he's getting away with it. He is Caesar with a very low IQ. That's what he is. I want to raise another issue with you while I have you, Stephen Miller. Mm -hmm. This is breaking right now. Senator John Thune says he's opened a censure of Trump as impeachment trial nears end. Thune, uh, the Senate's second-ranking Republican, said he's open to censuring former President Trump as the impeachment trial of Trump nears vote for acquittal. You know, Stephen Miller, I am so sick of these Republicans. I can't even begin to express myself. Here they go. They drag the president through this phony, fake, fraudulent impeachment. They're not going to have the votes. And they say, okay, well, we're going to go and censure him. I just think within the Republican ranks, there is going to be a revolt. I think guys like Thune need to be primaried. Every damn one of them that is involved in this kind of activity has to be primaried. What do you think? Well, all I can say, Mark, is that it's enough already. Enough. Since the day the president announced in 2015, it's never stopped. Now he's a private citizen, and it's still going on. Week after week, month after month, year after year, it's, uh, it's, just, it's an obsession, a never-ending obsession. And as you know, and you've written about it and you've talked about it so often, that the, the greatest success of the left-wing media is that it's able to set the terms of the debate and the Republicans play into it. So while we're having serious conversations, me and you, about the dissolution of the U.S. border, we still have a Republican Party that's playing into the hands of the Washington media and not talking about and focusing on the real issues affecting the lives and the future of this nation. And that's gravely unfortunate. And this Thune is utterly unimpressive. I don't know what the hell he's done all these years. I think he's the number two Republican. Where, where, where do we find these people? One's, one's my, not you, one's dumber than the next. It's unbelievable as they stand there. Stands behind McConnell when McConnell's speaking like a bobblehead. Now, here's the thing. We're going to censure a private citizen now? I mean, first of all, we have a trial against a private citizen. Now we're going to have icing on the cake here. Now we're going to censure a private citizen? 
Who the hell's ever seen anything like this other than in fascistic and Marxist regimes? And for what? And for what? For nothing. He didn't do anything. And so I just, I, listen, I know the fury that's out there. It's not because of what I say. It's not because of what the president says. It's because of what is swirling around the American people. And they happen to like Donald Trump and the Republican Party. And they may want to vote for Donald Trump again. They don't know Thune from a you-know-what. They have no idea what Thune is or what he's doing or anything of the kind. Now he's saying that they're open to censure? You're right. You know what my dad used to say? Get the hell off his back. That's what he used to say. But they don't. They won't get off his back. One of the reasons, I think, is the Republicans don't have an agenda, Steve. They don't have an agenda. The Democrats, they can't draw attention unless they're attacking Trump. Plus, they're trying to cover up what they're doing substantively. And so it's the perfect storm, I guess they say, right? Yes, and that's, I think that last point that was so important is that they're trying to cover up what they're doing substantively. Those more than 50 executive orders and actions fundamentally restructure American society. Again, you're talking about mandating critical race theory across the whole of the federal government, making, making left-wing equity a core value of how federal power is used across every single department, laying the groundwork for sweeping carbon regulation on every single aspect of the U.S. economy, defunding private prisons, which house thousands of the most dangerous offenders in the whole country. I guess once the prisons close, they'll just be out on the street. Abolishing ICE by memorandum. I mean, the, the breadth and scope Destroying of what we're talking women's about sports? Here. Yes. Oh, don't, don't forget that. Yes, mandating that women's sports allow men to compete in their events. I mean, these are, these are wholesale reorderings of our society, our civilization. These are the things that we should be talking about and focusing on. You want to pass the censure. The censure motion should be censuring Joe Biden for issuing a series of patently illegal Excellent. executive orders. Mm-hmm. That is a brilliant point. Now, let's hope John Thune has his censure motion, censure motion ready for Joe Biden. How much you want to bet he doesn't? <laughs> all right. Well, look, you've been great. We want to thank you for all your excellent work while you were in the administration as well. What are you doing now? Well, I'm, I'm working on a lot of different projects, and they're not ready to announce yet, but I promise you once they are, I will be back on your airwaves with your listeners to tell you all about them. Look forward to it. All right. Take care of yourself. Thank you. God bless. All right. Good man. A good man. Or as the New York Times and the Washington Post would say, right winger. He's another right winger. Does he sound like a right winger or does he share a lot of your views, tens of millions of you? Since when is securing the border a right winger idea? Since when is making sure violent, disgusting criminals don't get to stay in America? Since when is that a right winger idea? Since when is opposing, undermining ICE, defanging ICE, and turning the nation into a sanctuary nation, since when is that right-winger? This is what they do. They're Alinskyites. They're Marxists. This is how they frame issues. Meanwhile, they're going to censure Trump. Well, you know what, Mr. Producer? Everything's everything's free-flowing now, isn't it? There are no boundaries anymore. So I hereby officially censure John Thune. May I do that, Mr. Producer? Ladies and gentlemen, I officially tonight on the Mark Levin Show, in front of millions and millions of you, officially censure John Thune.
I hope people in South Dakota who listen to this program on radio stations as well as satellite, as well as the Internet, as well as the podcast, let John Thune know. He knows. But anyway, let him know that I have now officially censured John Thune. What a putz. I'll be right back. Mark in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. I just don't think these Washington Republicans have any idea what they're dealing with here. I'm not talking about violence, you idiots at the Washington Post and New York Times. You're the violent ones. You're the ones who promote it.